Be like very vigilant, like where does my, who picks up my waste and where does it actually be, you know? Um, uh, how do I actually keep my waste to avoid that if rain, let's say, uh, 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 drizzles or comes, or, um, I'll have the way I package my waste, I have a place where I safely put it, um, and maybe when I know it's always Tuesdays when my waste collector uh, comes and picks up this waste, you know, I'll pick it from here. I'll put it out to the gate that day. I'll ensure I pull up whether my waste was collected. Um, you know, like those. Hi, and welcome to the Wow Factor podcast, hosted by yours truly, Samuel Kamugisha. On this podcast, I host different personalities from all walks of life, and they get to share their personal and professional experiences with the main aim of providing you the necessary tips for you to positively impact your community. So, enjoy this discussion. Today on the Wow Factor podcast, we have a very special guest. He's a graduate of computer science from Macquarie University, Kampala, a tech entrepreneur and the founder of UG Tech Magazine and the co-founder of Your West App. Without further hesitation, I would like to introduce you to Martin. So, Martin, you. how are you doing today? You, I'm okay. I'm doing good. How are you doing that time? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a nice sunny day here in Malaysia. How is Uganda doing? Uh, rainy. <laughs> rainy. It's, um, you know, just trying to drive through the chilly uh, Saturday morning. Mm. Yeah, but I think everything is going on fairly and we're trying to move on. Yeah. All right. Great. Right. So for starters, who is Martin? And can you give us a brief introduction to the whole audience of who Martin is? And we can take it from there. Yeah, good question. <laughs> you know, it's always hard to describe oneself. Um, mm. But I would say, who is Martin? Um, I like to consider myself or describe myself as a tech entrepreneur. Um, very passionate about technology. Uh, deeply passionate about it. Mm. Um, I think I've devoted the last, I would say, uh, almost seven, eight years of my life trying, you know, to dig here and here and here, like trying to leverage on technology to build like products uh, that will kind of impact the communities. Uh, yeah, so usually I like to consider myself as someone who, let's say, writes code, you know, to impact communities, um, which has been my life uh, mission, where like some coders would consider themselves like, ah, oh, let, let me make that killer uh, sort of game. Yeah, mm. you know, to entertain people. Usually, I like to put my talent to you know, making these products that can impact communities. Mm. You know, um, trying to make a difference uh, in our own communities and things like that. So that's Martin. Now, um, uh, twenty-four year old. Uh, I don't know if that's being old or young. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the Martin you need to know. Is uh, you know very passionate about uh, you know technology and uh, you know building for communities and things like that oh, wow that's very intriguing so uh 
I would like to get your your take on education or schools. Do you really think that is important or we should just all start up businesses or venture into our passions? Yeah, I, I think this is a good question. Um, personally, I think education is very important. Uh, uh, I would love to give you a story, but let me just get to this. You know, like in most times uh, when you're growing up, and most times when you meet like a lot of youth, you tend to realize that most of them don't know what they actually want to do after their life. Uh, I'm certain like the biggest percentage of people you meet like in Hawaii, uh, a young high school and things like that, they haven't really discovered themselves. Um, like they haven't really discovered that one thing they think that they are actually very passionate about to do. Um, if you ask them, you're like, okay, um, okay, your dad, let's say with uh, high school, what do you really want to do at campus? Like, I just want to get to campus. Um, I just want to get to that campus. I'm like, okay, um, maybe do you think there's something you can actually do? Uh, you, maybe let's take you to, you know, to learn this certain skill and this skill and this skill. You want to start a business. You know, like they, they really haven't discovered what they want to really do in life. And the reason I say usually education is important, you know, it gives them now, you know, that time. You know, when you go to school, you meet uh you know, a different type of uh, people. Um, let's say you meet uh, someone from this background, you meet someone from their background, you meet someone from their background, you know. <clears throat> so you begin, you know, connecting with them. Mm-hmm. So this is like the the beauty are uh, uh, on the side of education. So you're connecting with these people. You're like, oh, wow. So this person likes computers. Oh, wow. I think I also love computers. You know, like now it's taking through that process of no self-discovery. Like, okay, I love computers. Now you begin digging deep into computers, you know. Um, as you dig deep into computers, like, yeah, maybe I'm very passionate about graphics. Uh, maybe I'm passionate about, you know, development, you know. Uh, you're like, okay, I think this is something I need to take, you know. So usually I think that's where education is uh, kind of very important. Um, you know, it takes you through a system where, you you know, you meet these people, you meet... Uh, mentors you meet like you know different people from different backgrounds who you who will help you kind of shape your journey to you know self-discover uh and you know like yeah i think this is what i really like so i think for me that's what education opened up for me um trust me if you had told me from uh the background i came from that hey martin i think you would be someone good with computers, someone good with software and things like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't think I would have ever thought of that. Maybe I would have been an agriculturalist without passion, okay. <laughs> you know, but because of education, you know, like going through all these systems, I began to meet people, you know, like trying to shape and improve myself discovery. So yeah, I think, um, I don't think everyone can straight away start uh, by starting up a business, you know? Um, Education usually helps them with that self-discovery. And it's a big task, you know. I, if you have ever encountered this situation where someone actually really asking, what do you think I can do? do. <laughs> you know, and, and, it's a very tricky question. Yeah. Like, oh my God, mm. how can I actually help you discover that, you know? Mm. So usually I think that's where education is. And usually I recommend people um, who are like, ah, oh, I think I don't have to go to university. I have to do this. I have to chill out and, you know, start a business. I'm like, um, it's okay, it's also another learning curve, but mm-hmm. you really know what you want to do. If you really know 
you've discovered yourself then it's okay go start out a business but if you're still there you don't know you're like ah, i think i should start a bakery business ah, i think i should start this ah, i think mm-hmm. i should start this you haven't discovered yourself it's better possible through you know uh, let's say university education you don't meet and you know during that time you begin uh, improving yourself discovering uh being able to find yourself uh which which is a very big important reason i think i believe education is very important yeah yeah i stand to agree with you on that at that education helps to in the road to self discovery and i also believe it helps to also give you that first initial network of people that you will associate with because uh mm-hmm. in this very small circle of business the most likely some of the people you started with are, will be either your first clients or will be your your, your business partners it's, so it's a, it's like a melting pot for for you to meet new people and it further help to enhance on your ideology of, of what you think you're good at and at least discover what you are really good at because even some friends may tell you oh you're good at computers i think probably in the future you might be an it guy so that is going to be like sowing a seed right. to your mind so yeah yeah that's, that's true <laughs> very true i mean yeah that, that's i, I, I think I, I, the reason actually i came towards that conclusion uh was like when i had my young sister <laughs> you know like the parents were busy uh busy like trying to figure out what should we do i think um should we help us start a business they started actually to do you know i think for me i was pretty lucky i would call that like, my life has been like sort of guided towards one sort of uh journey um like from the point you know like i, I got my first computer I started you know to jog around things like that you know I the, the results I got of course would allow me to make a fancy course so it take me to a computer science which was pretty cool that's the a point where someone you know they're trying to make sure like I think you should learn to medicine no but now your results are getting here telling you no you can handle I think you can do computer science <laughs> you know you know it helps you guide you through something like that so but you realize that most of the people they don't have actually that gates and things like that they just they are very surprised to push them here yeah, i do this do this do this but the kid maybe is not passionate about that and you know it's, sometimes it's passion that really you know drives and is that thing that uh, sometimes employees uh, they will pay you or they will hire you depending on what you do maybe not necessarily what you study and it's very obvious like um, let's say the world of uh, software development um even if you did let's say telecom or what whatever course you did mm-hmm. uh someone will give you a job as long as you can have you know deliver uh, the product so we were actually very uh, i agree with you around that so it helps in that process of self-discovery oh, great so we're going to go deep into understanding about waste management so to your definition what is effective waste management yeah so i think this is another uh, interesting topic um considering i've been working in for the last like three years to me the perfect waste management is uh, uh an ecosystem or a value chain where waste doesn't end up in the landfill uh, but we discover ways to actually have you know waste coming back in the value chain and by the value chain what i mean is uh, usually the stakeholder that the stakeholders involved in a, uh, a waste management value chain you have homes 
you have you know businesses all these in our neighborhoods our communities you know generating waste um, there's actually that saying that everywhere you see a person okay uh, somewhere where you see yourself that is one kg of waste per day you generate uh, you can do the math but yeah so so you're you having these people generating the waste then you're having now the traditional waste collectors or the people you know who transport waste from your home maybe to the landfill to the recycle or something like that then you have uh, you know like a, a sorting facility or a landfill where you know the waste actually goes to for further treatment um things like that then you have if let's say it goes to the sorting facility you have it actually end up to you know like you sort out let's say these bottles you sort out the organic waste and you sort out uh you know like the paper waste so you say ah we have bottle waste let's take it to the manufacturer mm. and we say okay i think uh, uh maybe coca-cola is interested in this form of waste or let's say this company or manufacturer is interested in this form of waste you know we deliver it to them uh something like that then you have the paper waste to the other person you know they make products that will eventually come back to uh to you somewhere or maybe the other community also so the perfect waste management is where like people appreciate the value of what we call the satellite economy um you know like uh, municipalities you know the citizens themselves you know the waste protectors mm. uh the development partners you know like they're trying to create infrastructures you know uh things that would support a circular economy where waste actually uh, moves from uh, the person generating it um way back uh, through all of those uh, st- uh, uh stakeholders in the value chain back to the uh you know the home in form of let's say if you bought uh you generated a, a plastic waste maybe you get it back as uh uh maybe another reusable water bottle yeah, you know something like that so th- those are some of them but of course when you go deep into you like at every stakeholder what is supposed to be made where you have let's say homes um you know this is actually very hard for the african context and something you actually find our best to actually work on is you know you're having this home separating their waste you know i i put here my you know landfill waste i put here my recyclable waste I potentially put here my hazardous waste, you know. Um, maybe if you can dig deep and say, okay, I put here my paper waste, I put here my organic waste, I put here my no plastic waste, then you have now, let's say, a waste collector. Say, okay, I think uh, every Tuesday I'll have my truck go out in 100 communities, let's say, and pick up uh, maybe plastic waste, you know. Uh, then maybe afternoon I'll pick up, you know, this form of waste, I pick it up, I take it to uh you know a recycler uh you know those recycling entrepreneurs or drop-offs in our communities people who are trying to make a living whilst like this waste but adding value to it you know they pick they get this waste um you know they uh, add some value make new products you know sell back to the ecosystem you know it's uh pretty i don't know like if we had societies like that i mean you know like you're creating a clean communities for people to live mm-hmm. but in the instance you're also you know contributing towards our environment you know actively contributing you know like every stakeholder is having like this form of uh, attachment they're like ah, i think i need to do this um it affects our climate you know uh, if you do this maybe in the nearby future our uh, future generation they will not have 
if you don't do this, they won't have maybe, you know, they will have this acidic rate. Um, okay. You know, to create global warming and things like that. You know, like that sense of it, which is something we're actually trying to build. Right? Mm. Yeah, you know, no risk. Well, well, well. So, in this career of of this past three years, are there any misconceptions that you have come across that people have on waste management? Yeah, of course. Um, you can classify this in a lot of categories. Look um, mm. it from the point of. Uh, I would call it entrepreneurship. I don't know if that's perfect, but um, waste is a better business. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, <laughs> oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> that's a data business, you know. Um, yet it's a misconception because um, you know, like as urban communities keep on growing, um, you know, cities, uh, most people are moving from you know rural communities. Come and live in urban communities. Uh, to come and live in cities. Um, so a city, let's say like Kampala, which originally had let's say 1.5 million uh, people who actually stayed in there, could find like after maybe just three or five years, mm-hmm. it's already now 3.5. It's 4.5. So there's that expectation that actually by uh, I think to 30 around there, you know the population is expected to go up to 10 million. And like I told you earlier. Um, where every time you see, you know, like a person. Person, one kg. One kg of waste. <laughs> so, you know, like this volume of waste is, uh, you know, like kind of growing. And wh- what does this mean? It creates a challenge, but you know, from the entrepreneurship mindset, um, once a challenge comes up, it's actually what? An opportunity, you know? It's now like this is a form of opportunity. Um, you know, like untapped opportunity. And maybe the market may actually be even open. Because now people are generating this source and they're giving their own materials for, you know, like uh, pretty much like kind of, you know, there's, uh, you know, all these very opportunities. So you find that some people actually have that misconception. Like, ah, which, that's a better business. Really, I can't go there. I'd rather go and do this service and this service. Um, uh, you know, uh, something like that. You know, of course, the other is uh, basically how, you know, foreign people actually perceive the local waste management uh, value chain. Um, so usually, let's say an entrepreneur or maybe a consigned person or maybe someone you know passionate about waste management um, from a local from a foreign context uh, will possibly at most time think that the way waste management works in the Europeans or uh, Asia or maybe in the West is actually the same as it is here locally in most African cities. Which is actually very way different. Um, so, in usually, let's say in the European context, we realize that uh, they have developed like this culture of you know managing waste. Let's say recycling. Right? They have developed like systems. The government has invested in you know capital to develop the infrastructure, and you're having like over eighty percent recycling rates. You know, um, then come back down here in our context here. You know, the government is saying, oh, we don't have money. Um, we're going to privatize the entire waste management chain. Um, it's not a top priority, you know, like now the recycling rate is actually way, actually according to Africa, you know, they say um, we are recycling uh, in Africa only 4%. Wow, um, that's low. Yeah, of, of waste which is generated. And you know, of course, the consequences if you don't recycle or reuse uh, or actually eliminate the waste at all. You know, the consequences are very evident. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. all those courses that come around that. So 4%, you know, this is like kind of a misconception, like for people, they think that maybe people here recycle. There's a lot of work that has actually to be done. And, uh, you know, uh, things like to shift the actual the mindset of the industry to something, you know, which is uh, sustainable waste management. And yeah, so and I think the last misconception yesterday would be around the citizens, maybe. Um, some people usually uh, they don't really care where their waste is. Um, they don't really care. They don't want to pay for the service. The government is not paying for the service. And, you know, like people think the magic I think is going to work around in the middle there. I you know I'll generate my waste. I will even uh, use the word that would give a damn about uh, this form of waste. Uh, but like magic will happen in the middle there. There are people who will be able there to take care of what actually happens to my waste. Um, and the, the sad truth is you'd be surprised. Um, you know, uh, the government is saying they don't have the money. Um, at least they would rather invest it in the development of infrastructure such as roads. Uh, you know, they would think about that form of waste and things like that. And of course, at the end of the day, uh, consequences like, you know, creating a whole mess out of our communities. Um, you know, you have that idea like this trash, uh, it's ending up in the streets, it's ending up like in uh, uh, water channels, you know, it's really begins affecting other sectors like the water, uh, sewage, uh, you know, movement, you know, type things. Um, it's also a big misconception at the moment. So, so, what would you propose as solutions to counteract the that 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 kind of misconceptions that that is that is being handled, or how the government is is doing things? What would be your solution? So, what would you propose? Yeah, I, I think the best way for us to address some of these not like challenges that are affecting not the whole waste management. Uh, is to have like a clear, you know, ground for entrepreneurs to actually play, uh, innovations to actually you know thrive and address some of these challenges. So I, th- I think in my this is actually my own thinking. Um, uh, what I think is the best, because I am also an entrepreneur, maybe in a bit nice, but I think the best way is to actually you know support entrepreneurs um, who are trying you know to work there uh as of to you know like solve some of these biggest challenges for mm. uh affecting the the, the waste management chain so if you have let's an entrepreneur trying to think okay look i think i can you know get this form of plastic maybe 800 kg uh, a week mm-hmm. and sort of uh make this product and this was won't end up in a landfill then let's have like clear you know like um, you know platforms to actually uh, help these entrepreneurs maybe get access to uh, funding, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe get access to, you know, like uh, business development and, you know, things like that. Even potentially to collaborate with, uh, you know, like governments and municipalities and, you know, like all those entities. Um, usually to like help us a long way to actually, you know, uh, have the communities, uh, you have the citizens actually involved in addressing some of their challenges. You know, not like leaving it in the dark where people actually don't know what's happening. You know, people, maybe they, they don't know what's actually been, uh, happening to the landfill. Uh, 
maybe potentially the landfill is free, but no one knows, you know, uh, what they think is like, oh, this guy didn't pick my waste. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, there's not that transparency uh, to actually, you know, like, you know, have like, this information to the community. Mm-hmm. The people now, we give them a platform to actually come up with, you know, creative solutions. You have a way of finding these solutions. And, you know, like, this small, small, small uh, uh, works for, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, and when you collectively combine them with you, and they make a big impact. Mm-hmm. And if you know it, you're like making a, a whole mindset shift. Um, you're creating a whole, you know, like uh, like a force. And people are actually trying now to address some of these challenges, changing mindsets, you know, changing misconceptions, you know. Even entrepreneurs who would actually, you know, spread the narrative, right? you know. Uh, someone who can say, ah, we just make a podcast around um just waste management you know like to kind of you know like change the misconception uh, of mm-hmm. people what they use the voice structure you know the truth um i think entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. you know facilitating the innovation and creating a platform for all of this is i think one of the best ways to we are going to be able to address um you know the misconceptions in mm-hmm. our waste management value chain Oh, that's nice. Uh, that's, that's a good way of addressing it. So, for the moon to our one see everyday person, what would be your everyday steps that they can do in their homes or offices and to do effective waste management? Yeah, so for everyday person, of course, you have to, you know, like, you know, nowadays in our communities, um, if you're living in a community, you know, the things that we call essential, that if someone doesn't have them, maybe potentially they would leave their fullest or maybe, you know, live to the best way of living. And sometimes you realize that things like food, if someone doesn't have food, oh my God. Um, <laughs> they feel like they have to work to get that food, you know? If they don't have uh, water, uh, let's say clean water, um, they would have to look for it. Maybe nowadays even electricity or source of light. Um, uh, if they don't have that, they be like have to work their way to kind of get that. Um, and I think that has to be kind of the same for the waste management. Like if we have like people now appreciating that, oh really? I think waste management is a very important, you know, uh, part of our communities. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know the consequences if we don't all of us come together and do proper waste management. Um, and we know that it's it's our mandate, you know, as citizens and uh, you know, waste collectors, uh, municipalities, you know, and all stakeholders involved in uh, you know waste management to ensure that we you know practice better waste management. So, you, you, like, you have to take like those steps. You say, okay, um, I think where do I actually put my waste? Uh, you know, as Omontuawasi, uh, the mm-hmm. person. Um, who actually picks up this waste? Uh, you kind of follow up where they take it. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like traditionally, um, I think where the uh, waste was going, but um, like we have like uh, someone who let's say who lives in this community. Um, so when people get a problem of waste, their waste not being collected, you know, because most people in urban communities would rely to on, you know, um, waste collectors to actually have a way of safely disposing of their garbage. You know, like the kind of settlements, the way they are designed and applied, you know, they have to rely on these services more and more. So yes. the result on means of, uh, you know, like these people working in the community, like, 
the Yawakalism. Who comes and like, hey, I pick your waist, I'll take it for you, then you take it like in a hotel channel, like that. You know? So I think uh, an everyday person, they have to. Coming up with campaign ideas can really be exhausting and very daunting, especially at the start. You need a high pool of inspiration to make this process much easier. And inspiration can be from different campaigns that have been done by different people across different industries. And this challenge that I mainly had, I solved this by creating a compilation of all the different campaigns and adverts that have inspired me. And what makes this more exciting that you have access to get this compilation. So just visit thewowjournal.com forward slash case studies to have access to this exclusive list. Be like very vigilant, like where does my, who picks up my waist and where does it actually, you know? Um, uh, how do I actually keep my waist to avoid that if rain, let's say, uh, uh, drizzles or comes through, um, I'll have the way I packet my waist. I have a place where I safely put it, um, and maybe when I know it's always Tuesdays when my waste collector uh, comes and picks up this waste, you know, I'll pick it from here, I'll put it out to the gate that day, I'll ensure to pull up whether my waste was collected. Um, you know, like those small works, usually, if like everyone could be able to do some of those things, um, would create like a whole, you know, force of communities of people uh, who are actually very passionate, you know, but this sort of dirty business, you know, mm. um, people are very passionate about who actually picks my waste, you know, uh, you know, those small things, uh, you have now the waste collector coming and picking up at the end of the day, we are now kind of practicing, uh, some kind of, uh, you know, sustainable or maybe better waste management than we. Mm. I, I like the fact that you've highlighted, that, highlighted out that you have to follow up where does my waste actually go? Rather than just giving it to my like, oh, fine, you'll figure it out. Probably you take it to Chitezi. I don't know. I don't really care. So it's good to follow up the process of where is it actually going. So at least if you know if the waste collector is not disposing it of effect in an effective way or into an effective place, then you can find better ways of how to mitigate that fine or either teaming up with the rest of the community and say, okay, fine, we're going to deal with this waste collector because we know that he he or she does dispose of the waste in the correct way or in the correct place. So I, I like that that pick out from, from, from your from your descriptions. That's true. So you you run an uh, you you co-founded a company called Your West. Uh can you tell us more about it and what drove you to found it? Yeah, so your West was uh an idea that Potentially, we could help communities, like I've been t- telling you, that we could help communities actually, you know, um, safely dispose of their waste and potentially link the whole value chain maybe back to uh, a social economy, you know. So, when we founded uh, your waste, um, uh, of course, from my uh, prior experience, uh, where we test my aunt. You know, like I told you, you know, the West uh, people in urban communities rely on waste collectors coming and picking up their trash and taking it and dispose it off. But what happens is if these people never show up in two weeks, three weeks, oh a month or two, you know, you, you know, people are usually devastated uh, by this piling waste. They're like, oh my God, what do I have to do with this waste? Mm. You know, so it's at that point your waste was created as a 
a, a, an alternative, you know, to help people to safely dispose of. You know, like traditionally, you have now this which piled up for like a week. You're the type of person, let's say, you leave your place at 6 a.m., you go, you work, you come back maybe at 7 p.m. Um, you, you know, along that time, you don't have time to say, okay, I think today I'll uh, don't I'll not go to work, or maybe I'll spare the next three hours when my community to you know start looking for a waste collector. You not come and pick up my trash. You know how tired some people are, and considering how people are very lazy, it would be actually it wouldn't be the most accommodate way for them to you know this form of service. Then we're like, okay, what if we could come up with uh, an Uber-like model where people would actually you know, access our uh, waste station services at the top of your smartphone. You know, you come through the mobile app, you say, ah, my wood trash has not been collected in two weeks. I should your pickup. You know, now you're using your smartphone. You're like, okay, now let's set up. Hey, I have this trash. You know, the app picks your actual coordinates where you are located. Um, then we, uh, you say, ah, this is the place where you stay. I need a uh, home pickup of, let's say, garbage. Which has not been collected. Um, then this system automatically looks for uh, a waste collector who actually passes by that street or by your community there uh, who can come and actually, you know, pick up. So the app would tell you that, okay, I think if you wait till Tuesday, which is tomorrow at 9 a.m., uh, this collector will potentially come and pick up this price. So you don't have to necessarily have to, you know, uh, uh, and dispose it of improperly. Um, uh, you know, I've been going through that. So, of course, the idea was that, okay, how do we help people set the disposal of their trash? But if now we also know that, oh, I think now we have like, this form of people that are this form of waste, um, can we be able to potentially, you know, now connect to the people who collect this trash and say, okay, I think you have collected this form and this form of waste. Can you take it to this recycler? Uh, who can potentially add value to it? Um, something like that. And of course, the idea was also around that, okay, you now you begin addressing some of these issues. And like, okay, why is it that waste collectors are missing pickups from these homes, you know? So you're having, let's say, 100 homes in a certain community. And the waste collector would, uh, and by waste collector, I mean the traditional waste collectors. Mm. Um, those people want maybe a truck or something like that. Um, why is it that they're going in a community of 100 homes? I'm actually just servicing, let's say, uh, 57, yeah, you know, like leaving all the other people to, to dispose of their waste improperly in their communities, you know. So you begin finding ways, you're like, okay, let's make it a location-based mobile app so that we know that um, if we can, you know, combine and say, uh, on a Tuesday, people in this community, let's have 20 people assigned to a specific day and a route, then we send a request to the collector. So the collector will be like, ah, I think this is economically viable for me uh, to actually work on. I have 20 homes that need uh, trash pickups. You know, I'm going to make a living off this and be able potentially to service these homes. It's like now you're creating this transparency when it comes to communication. Um, the waste collector is assured that actually people need this service mm. in that community. That's like 20 of them. Uh, then the person himself, like a home, they are sure that they've got a request and confirmation that actually the waste collector will come and pick my trash on this day. Uh, you know, like in, you're trying to, you know, um, uh, you know, finding an alt- a better alternative for people where you have resorted to poor mechanisms of dumping off that waste. 
So basically, that was the idea in the beginning. So of course, uh, we started this uh, with my co-founders um, when we were still at university as computer scientists. And of course, we were like, oh, I think the good thing we can write the codes. So we do not dig deep into the codes. Uh, we our first initial MVP was more of like a flyer. So we give it to homes. We're like, okay, yeah, you know, if you have this problem, just call this number. Mm-hmm. You know, we can hide all these ones. You know, we take this shit, we give it to the collectors. We're like, yeah, this people actually need your service. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys don't know that. Yeah, you have this problem. You know, like we slowly uh, began developing the waste to uh, like an Uber for waste management in that mm-hmm. sense. Like collecting. It's like we're a virtual waste management company. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to leverage on uh, the people already had the, the waste collectors already had the, you know the trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that the people who need the service, and we try like to kind of connect the two so that you know like we get the service from the other. And these people, um, we kind of sell the service to our own brand as your waste. So the people, of course, we entirely know ah, it's always giving me the service. It's always is leveraging on the existing infrastructure. Great. So how has that been so far? Uh, are there any challenges that you've faced or you're still facing and how have you managed to mitigate them? Yeah, so um, of course there will always be you know, challenges along the entrepreneurship landscape, uh, a journey um, from, uh, you know, like actualizing the idea, you know, raising the investment to actually, you know, support this, you know, from changing mindsets. Um, uh, actually, mindset I would elaborate more on that. Uh, for example, our first MVP that we created at Lowest. So, so that's kind of the thing which, uh, like, ideally, we had noticed is someone in the MVP would come to the app, logs in. Um, it was a one page sort of like a mobile version of the app, and someone would come and say, Ah, and he taps, he puts in the app, automatically picks the allocation. Uh, he says, Hey, I'm at home. Uh, he says, Oh, I have to. Uh, bags of trash and maybe containers um you know i need my pickup to be picked on maybe a tuesday and they say i'll pay cash i'll pay cash into the app and they submit through a request so for us on that side we receive the request and like okay this person needs the service and this person needs the size so i remember there's a time when we went and we were like okay um we had in a community where we're in food, like we did have like collector I'm like okay let's get a collector there i'm like oh collector x uh, i think it's your business you guys do this more you know we have this person this person wants his touch to be picked on tuesday this one on friday this one on thursday this one is... the guy was like guys that's not sustainable for me right and he was, he was like i think uh, you guys i can't say the truck uh and i put in uh you know this amount of fuel to just go and work on a custom one customer uh, uh or a location in this neighborhood uh, and he's only one you know and besides we have a road plan you don't just you know navigate like that you know we have a time we're in this area we have a time we're in this area and things like that and he's like actually even to make it easier for you i would want to know this request a week before <laughs> actually give the service right then you're like what? Let's wait a minute. Um, this is actually the, the whatever the actually the ecosystem kind of works in, you know. Um, then of course we began also like kind of of course developing around that, but also uh, on the side of the collectors are like ah, you know, like you introduced certain things. They're like ah, but this work, this work, you know. 
um, this. But of course, at the beginning, seeing like people actually now you know, adopting to it, like ah, I think this will actually work. We have all along been hearing that uh, technology is there to improve various industry, but we hadn't yet actually felt it in our own industry. You know, like we're always open, maybe minded that hey, technology will change, but we're not like ah, maybe this is like ten years, thirty years from now, maybe it's the future generation. You know, like um, uh, around around uh, side issues, and of course there are of course other um, regulations. Uh, you know, like you have to innovate around them. Uh, if you you are thinking, say, um, you have uh, maybe you know, like in certain markets, is what they call the franchise. Uh, I wouldn't call them franchise, but zoning. Uh, I think it's also being adopted in New York. Where waste collectors are supposed to, you know, work within a specific qualifying unit, you know, so you don't have a waste collector crossing from another zone to come and service uh, someone in a different zone. So it's kind of a regulation thing. Uh, so you like we had to find ways like of innovating around that, and primarily it was also a challenge um, because now you had all this money. I just set out. You're like, okay, I think we shall have like people only, and you know, this network should be taken out to go. You sign up with trucks potentially. Eh? Uh, you send them on the app. You're like, yeah, guys, every time you wake up, just go and check your app. You make a living off this. So you see, like, maybe 10 homes and you can make like, like 7,000 Ugandan shillings. Yeah? You know, you go and service all those people. You take their waste waiters. Now, regulation is actually now saying, okay, look, that's not possible. Um, what we do is someone who is collecting waste must first be like, just, uh, you must be mandated in the city council. Uh, you must have this form of a truck or vehicle. You know, it's all, uh, you know, like these are all challenges. Now you start, start finding ways of saying, okay, let's find ways of innovating around that. Because at the end of the day, you are sure that actually the problem is there. Um, but of course, as an entrepreneur, you now have to deal with some of those challenges, regulation, don't, um, you don't have enough finance, have to deal with uh, potentially. Uh, you know, a whole you're trying to create a whole world chain and try to prove to people that hey, actually this board actually works. And it's until you prove to the people that you can live and raise your first seed uh, of investment. So of course, those were kind of the challenges we encountered like along the journey. And some of them we are still encountering them. I mean, entrepreneurship. It's like every day you meet with a different challenge. And what builds you as a successful entrepreneur is how you can be able to potentially you know at some of these roadblocks um, that you address. One person said um, there's that uh, mountain curve that they drop and they say um, when you're still at the bottom you, you feel like as if ah, when you address a certain roadblock you're like ah, I think I'm getting closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go to the next one another roadblock presents itself. You go to the next one another roadblock presents itself and and when you look at it from the bigger picture, from someone seeing from this, I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole mountain actually waiting for you. <laughs> for <laughs> just the you just haven't got yeah. there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Why was he talking about challenges? On the context of Africa, why do you think businesses fail and what do you think should be done to mitigate this? Yeah, um, I think for the time of running business, um, I think some of the things that I think uh, businesses would potentially fail is one is maybe some entrepreneurs maybe are not patient. Um, 
they think they'll just do it today and the normally comes in the next one or two months and things don't work out. The entrepreneur is like, well, I think I should try something else. <laughs> the nature, mm-hmm. you know, like they move on to something else. Um, so I think that's more from the entrepreneur's mindset. You know, you don't have that form of uh, consistency, you know? Um, usually like when you get like, let me call it like a life calling or some problem you're actually very, very passionate about. Usually you have to adopt like some form of consistency. Um, you know, whether things go sour or things do this, 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 you know, like you have to be consistent, you have to work up every day. You try to figure out how you work. Um, then I think besides uh, some entrepreneurs not being patient, there's the perspective of, uh, uh, there's the perspective of what, uh, maybe finance. Um, and sometimes maybe the entrepreneurs don't have the right, uh, you know, there's that saying, uh, I think I did it from the MIT Global Startup Lab, uh, where they say entrepreneurship is a light skill. Um, it's not that someone is born with, you know, how to be an entrepreneur, things like that. So usually people don't, um, you know, they don't have, they don't know, like, how do I actually fundraise, you know? Um, how do we look money to support my business, you know? Because an entrepreneur, that's the only thing you have to understand is, look, I'm running a business, I, I need capital, you know, uh, to start. Um, yeah, I, I mean, not to make profits maybe in the next six months, or I'll need money to run me maybe till six months, or even you have to not add in a lot of hours, uh, maybe of like eight months. So usually um, some entrepreneurs don't have the right, they haven't liked like, um, the right knowledge when it comes to running the business, uh, you know, how do you fundraise, uh, for example? You know, like this every sense for each fundraise, what do you need? Do you know, um, can you read a balance sheet? Can you read the uh, cash flow? Can you read the uh, PL? Uh, you know, um, you know, all those, you know, integrities for you to be able to, you know, like fundraise. But also, if you have the money, um, and this is actually so big, um, do you have the financial display? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, do you do you have the art of budgeting for your money? Uh, you know, um, if let's say, okay, all of a sudden you've been saying, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm running this business, I need capital like for, um, uh, let's say, $10K, you know, uh, to run my business uh, for the next 12 months. Um, it's okay, now you get the $10K. Now the question of financial discipline comes in. Uh, are you actually going to spend a this money on the business, you know? Because uh, usually money usually, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. So usually money like tries to, you know, bring uh, bring out the picture of someone, like maybe someone didn't believe in the idea initially. He gets the money, is like, I think I can make more money from selling cement. <laughs> Yet she was running down. <laughs> you get yes. Like they never believed in the idea initially. I get someone believed in them and gave them the money. Yeah, they're trying to find ways of actually, you know, running out from the core business, you know, financial discipline, or maybe uh, you budgeted for, um, uh, let's say, this, this, and this, and this, and this. Now you're trying to spend on, uh, you know, like going out, you know, like personal games and things like that, you know, financial discipline. And the good thing is, all those are some of the things which are actually learned. Um, that's what I'm saying, like, entrepreneurship is actually learned. You can actually know. 
when you're running a business, the ABC is, um, you know, you have an idea, you turn it into a concept, you raise for some funding, you know, mm-hmm. um, you uh, fundraise, you start a business, you come up with a business model, you know, you know, you know all these little uh, things. Ultimately, hit product market fit. When you hit product market fit, maybe there you know the business is sustainable. Maybe an entrepreneur you can you know you know all the things. And it's something which like that most entrepreneurs don't really know that. And maybe the other thing is uh, some entrepreneurs have not um, uh, delved into the community of entrepreneurs and also actually seeking for knowledge. Um, now I think like when you're having like this conversation on the podcast, you know, like I share some of my challenges. Um, it's not that I'm the only entrepreneur actually facing this. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, that's why I said when I went to your podcast, I was like, wow, this is a good mind, you know? Like, these are all experiences I have just, just tap into. I don't have to necessarily, you know, you know, like uh, go through them to actually potentially know that, uh, you know, first go through them and lose money. Then, realize oh i think i would have done this different like this mm-hmm. you know yeah so i think i uh, you know when you isolate yourself from the community of entrepreneurs you begin writing this journey alone and it's it's very possible that at a certain point a challenge or a huge roadblock will just unveil itself and once it does is you want to have the right wisdom uh maybe the right support you know to someone who can feel like ah, i think that's normal uh, maybe that's even a good problem. Maybe that's you mm-hmm. know to help you stick as a business side uh, grow and also like you know failing to to kind of uh, you know uh, fail. And of course there are a lot of very many issues, um, but I think some of these have actually uh, stood out for me. Um, mm-hmm. Why businesses fail, and and I think if we did better, um, you know, uh, and change some of the things, you know creating a whole framework around support entrepreneurs know some of new things. Um, you could potentially be able to create, you know, a kind of more businesses that are thriving um, than businesses that are actually feel. Wow. 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 That's a gold mine of wisdom you've got there. So from all experiences you have now, how what would be the best advice you'd give to your 19-year-old self? Yeah, um, I think one of them would have been just get started. Uh, Martin just starts, you know, like you can never be 100% prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, have you had like an entrepreneur who says, um, um, and sometimes people usually dive into the whole uh, thing of like fully developing the idea, you know, in paper, in theory, mm-hmm. like instead of getting started and you know, start testing the waters and get burnt. Uh, someone is potentially maybe they are like writing the idea, doing this, is working his full time job. This idea, you know, it's not like call in to actually execute and get started. So I think um, if I take myself back, you know, being just you know, like get started uh, as soon as possible, um, and and start testing the waters. You know, uh, you'd see things how they're working. If they don't work out, you pivot, you iterate. Uh, you know, you close exit businesses, things are not going well, you know, uh, such things. Eh? So usually, because the earlier usually you start, the more you have, where you have more life, you know, just imagine if, uh, 
if if you start at 19 and you test the waters 19 20 uh 21 you know it's like life life is just too young on your side um, you still have like all this time when you like you know you can try out you can fail it's not like you have a family <laughs> Um, yes. that you risk this peak right now you know kind of yeah you kind of live like your life will be messed up you know like you have all this uh on you like just get started you know just try pulling off of this um you know things always uh find way you know as you work on the direction or uh, the journey you're taking begins to become more clear uh, as compared to first you know keep on like I think I, I've always wanted to start uh, commerce. You mm. know, like, yeah, let me wait until I get money, maybe next year. Yeah, let me wait until, you know, like, you can suddenly use, like, okay, maybe can I sell this now? It's like, you know, just all about just get started and the journey become clear. Nice. So, as we look through the future, how would you like to be remembered? <laughs> it's, it's a nice question. Actually, on my personal website, I, I usually put it there and I say, Uh, my life uh, sort of um, mission or vision or maybe how I want to be remembered is, you know, as someone who has impacted lives, uh, and millions and millions of lives uh, through the products I've actually worked on, uh, uh, personally. I, I think I always, uh, from the first time I worked on, I think this was one of my kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't a very successful project, but it was in the field of uh, Agenda-based violence. I worked with a lot of UN women, and the support from UN women and RAN just to help like women. I remember the time when I, you know, I had traveled like up country in Gulwe, like just to interact and you know share my innovation with uh, you know the women, the girls, you know those who are facing like the challenges of gender-based violence in that country. And you know, uh, you know, like as I was demonstrating this product, and of course, like you'd see, like how you know, like once this actually materialized, like um, how to actually transform the communities, you know, how we'll be able to address some of their issues and challenges. So I, I think that gave me a motivation. I was like, well, I think I'd want to be remembered as you know, someone involved products that impacted millions and millions of lives, because uh, it gives me like some sense of. Uh, fulfillment you know when someone comes up and like it ah i think i used let's say your waist um it has really helped uh our family i think it's doing a tremendous work in our community uh you know initially we have like these outbreaks like this but now people are not trying to leave this home you know like um i think those are you know that like, that sense of fulfillment from impacting as many uh communities as possible as many lives as possible uh i think i want to be remembered for that because that's a legacy that kind of means one uh besides the financial uh and any other you know like when people remember you as someone actually you know at least pi and show that people this would actually be possible um something yeah i want to be remembered very much wow that's very motivational building solutions that that impact the community in a positive sense Yeah, that's that's something really worth living so as we wind this up what would be your final remarks and where can people find you yeah um uh, uh, my final remarks of course are around uh, 
just get started one if you're an entrepreneur you know um you know give it a shot i think you'll be more contented if you tried and failed than if you dreamt and you actually never did that did anything just to you know actualize some of these uh, dreams of uh, what you wanted to work on or something like that um yeah for anyone who wants to find me uh this kind of always active on uh, my linkedin uh magic to see me you can just check off on your list um also very active uh usually I'm more active on linkedin and twitter stay my magic to see just reach out to me and in any case if you are interested let's say partner up with your list on you know doing big things uh still those are the channels uh, you can always reach out to me Uh, maybe my email um, I don't know whether it will be shared but yeah um, I think those are ways you can always find me so I think it has been a pleasure uh, having me on this call uh, it's been an honor having you on board yeah being part of the great people on this uh, podcast I yes the, the world people. changes <laughs> <laughs> sure sure I, I should be very proud of myself Yes, thank you so much for coming on board and being a guest. Uh, it has really been a, a very engaging sets of sets of, of minutes, and I'm I'm really excited that it has really pulled through well. And I believe the audience is going to be well inspired with all the information they get, the nuggets of wisdom they've gotten from you. And there's a lot to say, but well, time is always our limit. And as I always give the final shout out, that the world is ready. Let's go and change it. Thank you so much for. All right, Samuel. Have a good day. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Wow Factor podcast. And I believe that all the nuggets of wisdom from this conversation have been very beneficial to you. We'd like to hear your feedback. Drop us a line at thewowjournal.com forward slash feedback. We look forward to hearing all your amazing experiences and listening to the podcast. Catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.